0: I'm, I'm not so in tune in the mind of God that I know it's going to take 14 weeks or 10, all right? Just telling you right up front. But I'm going to try to follow uh, his leading. But I want us to pray tonight uh, over this, uh, however many weeks we're going to go, what I'm going to call this series here for the next uh, few weeks. And I understand this, please. And I, I want to just dispel anybody's uh, apprehension. Um, I'm going along with this series and I don't, I don't have any axes to grind, okay? I want you to understand that right up front, and that's not meaning I'm going to be belligerent and all that. I just want you know I don't have no axes to grind. Uh, you know, just uh, Periodically, you just speak about certain things in a church because it's just a church, and it's made up of people, and with that just is baggage and problems and so on and so forth. And so for the next few weeks, however long it takes, I'm going to speak on a series called, this is what I've called it, We Offend All. We Offend All. All right? So I'm going to talk on that for the next uh, few weeks. Tonight in particular, uh, my lesson will be entitled Offense, the Common Thread of Life. Offense, the Common Thread of Life. And I need you to help pray right now. We'll pray together and we'll get into God's Word. Amen. Hear the evening, Father, I come to you today. I'm thankful, Jesus, for your people that are here. God, Lord Jesus, that have made a point to come to the house of God. We're thankful, God, that you have given them health, Lord, for their bodies in order, God, to be here tonight. God, I'm asking Jesus over the next several weeks that you would touch our hearts, touch our minds. God, I want to learn of your Word. And God, I want to partake of it. God, I pray, Jesus, Lord, in the next few weeks, go above, Lord, just the surface, just the surface level of matters. God, dig into the deep fibers, Lord, of our spirits and of our souls. God, help us, Lord, over the next few weeks to be able, God, collectively, God, that we could come to terms with some things. God, in our own lives, in our own relationships with you, God, and I love you and I thank you, God, and you'll, you'll, Lord Jesus, benefit the church by it, I know. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen and amen, and the church. Amen, amen. You may be seated tonight in Jesus' name. In in doing in doing this this series in the next several weeks, there uh, you must understand that as a uh, as a minister or a preacher, or for that matter, any individual, that our lives are are greatly influenced by the lives of other people that we have in our life uh, its uh, your, your concepts and things that you even talk about and even some of our opinions are have parts and pieces of other people broken off in our life and so that influences then how we think and what we do and I'm saying that because as a preacher whenever I stand up here and, and teach or preach uh, from God's word that there are many times, uh, you, you can ask my wife, and I, I try, I am, I'm, I'm a reader, I always have a book that is, that is going, if not one, several books that are going at the same time that I'm uh, reading and uh, outside of the Bible, and then, then uh, to maybe to a detriment sometimes, I love preaching. I just don't know how to tell you if this was a uh, AA course uh, on something that had to do with preaching, I'd have to stand up and say, my name is Paul McGee and I'm addicted to preaching because that's me I am listening to it I just uh, I love to listen to uh, people teach and preach God's word and so I oftentimes uh, listen to preaching there's sometimes I fall asleep at night with an earbud in my ear and I'm listening to preaching and uh, and that's probably the only time you'll see me fall asleep on somebody that is preaching all right is whenever I'm doing it at night because uh, normally if, if I'm in a scenario like this You have my attention if they're talking from God's word But several years ago, several years ago I read a book, and I'm not embarrassed to tell you this Because this has greatly influenced uh, some of the matter That I'll be speaking over the next few weeks But several years ago I, I read a book And just a few months ago A bishop had asked if I had ever read this book The Bait of Satan, and I had Years ago I had read that book Uh, But it had been so long, you know how we are. I don't know about you, there's some books I just read more than once. It doesn't matter if I have read it before. And so I picked it back up and read it again. And uh, as I read it, I started entertaining the idea uh, several months ago of doing a series on the basis of the subject matter of this book. Amen. So again, uh, tonight, I don't have no axes to grind, but there were just uh, some things that took place there uh, that uh, just even in reading that book again, if I may be transparent, just in reading that book again, and by and large, it just deals with offense that happens among people that it even made me cause to look introspective. And uh, if you were to go into my office right now, there are names that's on a card there, Brother Mason, that as this book began to say what it said, I began to go very introspective and maybe seen some unresolved feelings, pains, hurts, and issues that I had. I know with probably five people I put down on a piece of paper. That some of them that are over 12 years removed from the present day. And knowing that I'm a part of this larger thing called humanity... We do, although we have differences, we have our similarities too. And so with that being said, uh, looking into this, I understand that there are sometimes offenses in our lives uh, doesn't leave our lives perhaps untouched, not just in the past or in the present or in the future. Amen. So uh, greatly influenced by that book, but also, uh, you know me, I can't leave anything untouched. Uh, I believe God has touched my mind and my heart and given me some understanding concerning some scriptures that hopefully we're going to share in the next few weeks. Amen. And so I want to prepare you with this preparation, and that is this. There very well may be uh, some moments along the way that each of us collectively or individually may feel a little uncomfortable. But I want you to know that that's okay. There's nothing wrong with feeling uncomfortable. Uh, As a matter of fact, a certain level of discomfort in our life if we'll allow it to discomfort you know sometimes we see that as a bad thing but discomfort isn't always a bad thing especially if we can pinpoint why the discomfort is there you know it's, it's many times people go to a doctor they say doc i don't know what's going on but i just got a pain right here well that's a discomfort Well, that may not necessarily be a bad thing because going to the doctor then to look a little further and that may reveal there is a sincere problem there that needs to be handled, that needs to be dealt with. That had it not been for the discomfort, we would have never been drawn to that. And so discomfort isn't always a bad thing, especially if we can understand why it may be there. And and, and then after we understand why it's there or understand how that ever came about, we can start maybe making a conscious choice to avoid the same type of thing over and over again or at least maybe take some preventative measures so that that doesn't occur again. Now, since it's taken me this long to get to my text, just think how long it's going to take after we get this read. Let's go to James chapter number 3 this evening. James chapter number 3 and verse number 1 starting the Bible says my brethren be not many masters knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation for in many things we offend all if any man offend not in word the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body now we've done long time ago now a series on james and we touched upon these few verses if you'll remember james the writer of these scriptures was the pastor of the jerusalem church that we read of particularly in acts 15 he was the half-brother of jesus christ and if you remember he is addressing the 12 scattered as the bible says scattered tribes of the tribes of Israel, and as we as we see him speaking to these twelve scattered tribes, he is admonishing them, the brethren. He's telling them not to not if you have the role of a master, if you have a role of someone that is a leader, if you're a leader, he's basically telling them you're going to be scrutinized. If you're going to have the role of a leader or if you're going to have the role of a master of someone that's in some type of hierarchy and you're in the upper top of the tree, so to speak, you're going to be scrutinized. More or less, you're, you're, more is going to be required of you. We have Scripture that tells us that to whom much is given, much is required. So the more authority that, that, that a person has that subjects that same person uh, no doubt to a greater responsibility because many times with greater authority comes greater responsibility but also greater scrutiny greater scrutiny you're going to be looked at a little bit more in addition to that I believe that even more authority uh, demands a greater submission more authority demands a greater submission now before anybody clocks out and says, well, uh, pastor, you, I can be dismissed. I'm not a leader. I can be dismissed. I don't have no uh, posse or anything that I lead. I, I'm, I'm not a leader. I'm not, I'm not a master. Before you assume that uh, this doesn't encompass you tonight, let me just share with you that probably in some regard, we are all leaders. You may not lead a church. You might not lead a youth group. You might not even lead uh, 200 employees at a factory, but you probably lead someone. For instance, you may be the leader of your family. Or as primary as it seems to be, you may be the leader, if you will, of your children. Or you may be the look-to person among your siblings. It seems to happen just as you grow up with siblings, there's usually just one among them that become that go to person, that look to person whenever events of life and mom and dad are growing decrepit and so on and so forth there's someone that takes the responsibility it seems like more than the others there's just a look to person or you just might be a natural born leader, you know, set you in a group with a bunch of people and you just have that dominant personality you know, you can take control of a situation not necessarily because you're trying to throw your weight around, just because you're being who you are amen so he just might be a natural born leader so in some regards we are all leaders and emphatically though James is careful not to leave anybody out because he switches from that we offend all whenever he was making, making reference back to the masters or the leaders we offend all he switches that to include almost anybody whenever he says then any man any man that, that offend not in word the same is a perfect man. And I, I, I almost sense in that statement even a little sarcasm from James. So he doesn't leave anybody out. We offend all if he's speaking about leaders and masters that bind, but then he switches to any man. Amen. What James said, though, whenever he says this, we all offend... Or if any man hasn't offended, then he's a perfect man. Well, you're not finding him walking in shoe leather upon this earth. So if that's the case, then I guess that means if any man uh, uh, has not offended, he's a perfect man, then probably every man isn't a perfect man. So all men have offended. And so what James states here, though, can either relieve you of a very heavy burden, or perhaps it may place a heavy burden on your shoulders. Because he says... He, look what he doesn't say he doesn't say although I, I wish sometimes through the process of this that he had but he doesn't say in some things we offend all he didn't say that he said in many things we offend all but I believe it's important that James even the pastor of the Jerusalem church he's using the word we he's encompassing himself Even in that. But James himself, the the, the great pastor of the Jerusalem church, was also capable of offending and being offended. Amen. And so, over the next several weeks, I want you to know when I'm talking up here, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to us. All right? not talking to you I'm I'm talking to us I'm not going to leave myself out of this series as someone once before said he said a preacher is nothing more but one beggar telling another beggar where to find some bread amen and so I'm not leaving myself out of this thing and notice James does not say we offend some this is this is pretty hefty when you begin to consider it does not say we offend some but we offend offend all so here's the bad news we'll get good news too but here's the bad news if there is someone we have not yet offended just give it some time we will honestly if 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 by chance i have not offended you yet and you know we're on good terms because i've not done that yet please do not take your seat belt off just yet Because somewhere in this life, hands down according to Scripture, I am probably going to offend you. And you are probably going to situate an opportunity where I could likewise be offended. Amen. And so we got to understand that. It's not that we offend some, and it's not in some things we offend some, but in many things we offend all. Amen. And so that may bring a little relief to some of us tonight. Because there are certain people I know that might bring relief to because you felt like you've already offended everybody in the world anyway. You already... Seriously, there's people like to say, Man, I can't do anything right anyway. I've offended everybody that there ever has been around me. Amen. But they feel like no one else has done that. Well, let me lift the load off your shoulder tonight. We offend all. The one that you think that, you know, you're the only one that ever offended everybody within a, you know, <laughs> a two-inch radius of you... <laughs> Listen, there's other people that have done just the same. Amen. But maybe this also, though, could be a burden to you tonight. Maybe it won't give you relief. Maybe it'll be a burden to you tonight because you have felt like the world, everybody has offended you. Maybe you felt like everybody has offended you, but you've never returned any offense in return. I'm not bearing bad news. I'm bearing the good news. And the good news says we offended all so even if you felt like everybody else has offended you and done you wrong listen don't step out of the line because you're in the line and it's all according to the time of life you're either in two lines for the most part and I don't know if there's much of a pause between these but a lot of times we're walking in one or two lines and that is we're either the offender or the one offended amen I knew this was going to be rough but I didn't really sense it was going to be this rough tonight you know. amen so, so leaders James says all inclusive in many things we offend all now I could read it we all could read it a little better if it said in some things I offend some but James again he goes ahead and he shares if any man offend not in word the same is a perfect man and you'll remember the word perfect there in scripture means a complete or mature man amen and he can bridle his whole body Again, I sense just a little, just a tidbit of sarcasm here in James' reply or in what he's saying. And he's using just a little bit of sarcasm here to unveil the very, very truth that he wants to unveil. Every man offends in words and actions, even in many things. Now, I'm asking you as we go over the next few weeks, listen. Listen. I'm asking you to ask God to allow you to look introspectively, all right? Because I I know how things like this can do to look around, but I'm asking really for us just to be honest with ourselves just the next few weeks and look introspectively, and it'll make you uncomfortable, amen, to do so, amen. With regard, though, tonight, there should be a little bit of relief for everyone here whether you are or have been presently the offender or the offended and maybe you could stand in a place where you're both that you are the offended and the offender both at the same time not necessarily with the same group but you know you you may be on one hand be offended and on the other hand have been the offender you may currently be both but nevertheless if you are the offender your relief, again, comes by realizing that you're not the only one to have ever offended. And if you are the offended, again, your relief comes to realize that you're not the only one probably sitting on the pew right now that is offended. You are not alone. Amen. So just within those two verses of Scripture of James, he, he paints for us a very pal- balanced picture of humanity. Amen. We're the offender, and at times we are the offended. Amen. And we say, in the church. Now surely, pastor, you're talking about something else. Offenses in the church. People being offended in the church. People being the offender in the church. Yes, in the church. I I hope we understand this, but we don't come to church because we are perfect. And like to come into the house of God three times a week to glory and gloat over our perfection. Now, if anybody has that idea, I want to I just kind of clear that up tonight. We don't come in here to gloat and glory over our imperfection. We come to church by and large. I know I do because I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I got some individual problems and some baggage and hang-ups and amen in, in my present and in my past. Amen and so with that being said though I must implore this tonight and state it well so if someone is going to quit the church due to an offense listen you better quit your job too and you better quit the school and the college you go to and you better quit your other social engagements quit anything you volunteer for because at the core all of these things are made up of people and when you have people every man all, we all offend all. So whatever you're going to be a part of that that, that, that is composed of people, if you're just going to quit the church because there's offense there, you better quit everything else in your life. Yeah, because, you see, we get this misconcept. We say, well, bless God, that's the church. That should be happening in the church. You know, and I agree. There's certain things, you know, just seem like they shouldn't happen in the church. But at the core, the church is still made up of people that has the Spirit of God that they're either submitting to or not submitting to in the moment. If you're not submitting to it in the moment, guess what? You're a person just like anybody else. Amen. How are you going to get, you know, I know years and we watch this man, they're going to give the church a bad name. (gasps) You know what? I don't know if it's really possible because if you were to get in, again, any other group, you get in a volunteer group that you're a part of, there's going to be times that Joe doesn't like Sally and Sally doesn't like Joe and they got hard feelings toward them and they did something wrong. It'll happen in schools. It'll happen in any organization that's composed of people. And the church is no different. Amen. We, we have, you know, as Bishop says, I had my wife check back here today and there's no wing back there. Uh, we, we, we haven't got this glorified body yet. But the reason why we're talking about offenses for the next few weeks is because offenses can be very infectious if not handled properly. Very infectious. For that matter, they can change the entire chemistry of a person. If an offense has gone untreated, their impact can be even very debilitating for years to come because some, listen to me, at times people allow their offenses to become their identity people allow their offenses to be their identity and it's that they've been hurt or they've been blamed or they've been so and so forth and we seek for healing and we want healing yet people who have allowed offenses to become their identity if they get that thing healed they no longer have an identity uh huh if that's taken care of, they lose their identity, so what do they do? They had rather nurture them their offense so they can save of who they are than to get rid of that and have to move on. Amen. Offended people, we, we, we've got to be careful. This is the reason why offense is so, it's so necessary to handle it appropriately. Uh, offended people, they bear fruit too. You know, scripture said that you know, you know them by the fruit that they bear. Well, you know, good 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 trees bear good fruit, evil trees bear evil tr- fruit, and offended trees bear offended fruit. <laughs> if a guy could say it like this. If I might say something, the fruit that offenses or offended people bear is hurt, anger. Offended people sometimes have a tendency to be angry or have moments of outrage. Jealousy can be a fruit of an offended person resentment strife bitterness hatred envy that's just a few of the things that can come from having been or being offended and holding on to the offense not only that sometimes there's consequences amen that people assume Amen. From their offenses, and they start, there are consequences. People may become, there may be insults due to the offense, attacks, wounding, divisions, consequences as a result of the offense, separation as a result of the offense. Relationships are broken as a result of the offense. Betrayals happen, or the feeling of betrayals as a result, backsliding as the result of an offense, and the list could go on and on. And if there's anything that those lists prove, and that is offenses should not be handled haphazardly by any of us. They're too volatile. They're too fragile. And yet we know they will definitely come. The Bible says in Luke 17 and verse number 1, Then said he, Jesus, unto the disciples it is impossible but that offenses will come but woe unto him through whom they come he says disciples it is impossible that if, but that offenses will come and, and in layman's terms he was telling them their offenses are going to come for them not to happen that would be an impossibility In other words, you can bet your bottom dollar. Offenses are going to come. In other words, it's not a question of the opportunity to be offended. But really, it comes down to this. So we know it's going to happen. We're not not really blindsided. I know, you know, we sometimes, and I might be jumping around here, we sometimes believe that it wouldn't happen from a certain person because we have certain expectations of that person. You know and we have the highest expectations of those that are closest to us and I'm going to get back through all this again do you know some of the worst offenses though happen from those who are closest to us why because we had the highest expectations of them and when they do not meet that high expectation we have of them offense happens amen and so the opportunity to be offended it's going to happen but where the real, the real critical matter is this is how are we going to respond to offense because it's not like we got a free get out jail free card here when it comes to offense in this life it's going to happen you don't get a (laughs) get out of offense free all right so if we know this is going to happen then we got to start concentrating deciding how am i going to deal with this how am i going to respond to this if i'm going to have an opportunity to be offended and probably more than once in life i know i have been had that opportunity more than once in life then I I got to understand though that what determines which way the pendulum swings if you will will be how I respond to that opportunity to be offended notice what the scripture said what Jesus said to those and I see people many times latch on to this when he says it's impossible but that offenses will come and a lot of people want to latch on to that but woe unto him you heard it but woe unto him through whom they come In other words, yeah, offense is going to come, but shame, shame, shame on the one who does the offending. You've heard it. Like, like their their involvement in the matter is worse than you accepting the offense. We have a response. It happens, we offend all. This is, oh, uncomfortable. And I, I, I believe I understand a little bit why Jesus said woe unto him through whom they come or through whom the offense comes. I believe Proverbs reveals why there is a woe to the person through whom the offense comes because the Bible says in Proverbs 18 and 9 and I'll just speak a little bit on this now perhaps more later on in, in this series. The Bible says a brother are you with me up there? Proverbs 18, 19 a brother offended it's harder to be won than a strong city. And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. I think the reason why Jesus was telling the disciples, woe be to the one through whom the offense comes is because after someone then picks up the offense and becomes offended, it's hard to win them back. It's hard to be back in relationship. You got a big battle on your hands trying to get back in good graces with that person. And so the woe is so big upon the one who supposedly presented the offense because after that person gets offended, it's hard for there to be any trust there anymore. It's harder to be one than a than a strong city. It's hard to get back in their good graces after someone is. It's hard to win them over again. Why? Because once that offense takes place, then the offended, they start to draw conclusions and speculations about the offender. Uh huh. Listen, they will draw conclusions and speculations about the offender, whether they're true or false. But if they have drawn those conclusions, listen to me. They're true in our minds. Whether they are true or false. It's real to me. The conclusion the conclusion, and speculation that I draw about someone that has supposed offended me, they're true to me. Someone say, amen. And whether they're spoken or unspoken, trust has been broken. In their mind, trust has been broken. The Bible says in Psalms 55 and verse number 12, amen. Here in the Psalms, the Bible says, For it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me, then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man mine equal. My guide, my acquaintance, we took sweet counsel together and walked into the house of God in company. Here's the nuts and bolts, folks. The reality of life is this. Relationships come with problems. Whether they be marital, whether they be employee, employer, whether they be brother and sister, whether it be pastor, saint, alright, whether just any relationship you want, they come with problems, and so here's, here's the solution if you want to avoid offense then isolate yourself never love and never allow anybody to love you because the love that we share in our relationships husband, wife saint, pastor makes us vulnerable to offense amen so we got to ask ourselves then the question concerning those relationships which is worse to go through life unloved and not having loved or to sustain a few bumps bruises maybe even some hearty wounds along the way Alfred Lord Tennyson he used to say the famous quote of his is it's to better have loved and lost than to have never loved at all what's he saying he said I'd rather experience that positive side although there is a negative drawback that positive is still such more powerful than what the negativity was in that and so again whenever we feel like somebody close to us has offended us it's also easy to feel then like they have betrayed us because they were close to us so listen the closer the relationship the more severe the offense and the severity is more just because the relationship was closer Mm -hmm. If your husband or wife does something to you, that somebody at work does the same thing to you, it seems more severe with your wife or husband because they're closer to you than that person at work. Amen. And it's been said over the years, there is no hurt like the hurt sustained in the house of God. But neither should it be a total surprise. Listen, those you share relationships with in the house of God, listen to me, are the closest relationships you can have outside of your marriage. Listen to me. Those you share relationships with in the house of God are the closest relationships you can have outside of marriage. Why? Because those people, amen, that have been born again of the water and the Spirit have been baptized into the same body by the same Spirit, Scripture says. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13 for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body whether we be Jew or Gentile whether we be bond or free and have been all made to drink into one spirit. And so it should not seem it's the closest relationship you can have outside of marriage being in the house of God. So whenever... Whenever David is speaking concerning uh, whenever he was coming to the house of the Lord, he said, This was a person that we took sweet counsel together. We walked into the house of God together. He was my equal, my guide, my acquaintance. He said, If it had been an enemy, he said, if it had been an enemy that it had reproached me, I would have borne it. Why? why? Why, David, why are you saying it was somebody in the house of God that you just can't seem to bear it like you would have an enemy? Because the expectation you have an enemy is to offend you. The expectations you have an enemy isn't very high. You expect them to act outside of character, and so they're just meeting your expectations. So there's no offense. But people you come to church with, and you eat uh, potlucks with, you go to men's breakfast with, and you teach Sunday school classes with. Whenever they offend you, you, you have a greater expectation of them, and so when they fall a little below that, offended. Yet they could have done the same thing that the enemy done. But David said, hey, I could have borne that the enemy had done it. Why is there a difference? Because of the relationship. Because of how close that person truly is to you. I want to go back to an old illustration. I've used this perhaps several times, but it bears in mind again. And so just bear with me as we share it again. Uh, some of you, I think it was Sunday morning normally whenever I've used this but it is so, so amazing to me it says a group of porcupines were marooned one bitter cold night in the middle of a large frozen field there was no way to escape the biting wind, they could not burrow into the frozen ground they huddled together to keep warm but their sharp quills began to pinch and hurt one another and so the closer they moved together the more pain Increased, until so some of the animals could not bear the pain so they drew apart from the group and they slept alone and in the morning those who had removed themselves from the group and said the pain that I'm bearing with is not worth it they froze to death while the others that remained in the group although they had to endure some pain they were still alive when the night was over and so again you got to ask yourself the question which is worse bearing with some pain here and there or losing out on some very critical and prize worthy relationships whenever they're all oiled and geared and going like they should not to amen we need to ask ourselves sometimes concerning the church you know because we're this body of believers that come to the church man does this body of believers the church does that not benefit my life more than it's been a drawback concerning some of the bruises bumps and hurts that I've sustained being a part of the church some of the greatest hatred takes place between people who were once close attorneys attest to the fact that in the divorce courts it is some of the most brutal cases they've ever been a part of why because two people that have pledged their love to one another maybe spent already years together. And divorce starts happening and there's hurts and there's expectations and they're not met and the offenses seem so drastic. Our history even shows us that some of the bloodiest of wars in our history have been wars that have been civil. Uh-huh. Brother against brother, man against man right here within even our United States. And so the truth remains, only those we truly care about us can hurt us. because we get expectations about people we truly care about amen and when we have expectations of them we care about and we know even if they're unspoken because sometimes we don't have spoken expectations of people we have unspoken expectations and it's amazing they can trample on expectations they don't even know about all the time it happens in a marital relationship people trample on expectations that have never even been spoken but since I had them in my mind, I assume you had them in your mind. You know? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's just, I mean, And we do, parents do it with their children. They get offended over their children because their children crossed over a line that the child didn't even know about. We do it in churches. We do it in organizations. We do it at work. We have unspoken expectations that we've never even made known amen we see even parents you know you know how parents are or how i think they are i'm a parent so i got you know a few years of experience on my belt can't say they're in their 20s right now but from my understanding at least even with my mom and dad most parents hold a higher expectation of their kids than they do for themselves want them to do better go further succeed greater and this is just kind of a side note that's the reason why i believe then sometimes kids can be such an offense to their parents at times because their parents do have such high expectations of them to be better than what they were even. In the psalm, David said he could avoid the trouble. if It was his enemy because that's what he expected from an enemy. Amen. And so the people who let us down are those we have placed expectations upon that are unmet because we're not too disheartened about someone we had no expectation from doing something you have no expectation you, you what do you have that to judge against what do you have that to bounce against do whatever you want you know the idea is well I don't care you've heard it by people's mouth sometimes something happens and some people just say now we could really dig into that but you know people say something happens and it would seem to be an offense someone says that didn't bother you you've heard it that didn't bother you that didn't bother me I don't care well there are two episodes really that happens there The person said that 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 didn't bother you they might be saying that because they have a closer relationship than the person that that should have bothered and so their expectations are i can't believe they said that but the other person's like that didn't bother me why they don't have as high as expectations or that whole scenario and statement of saying that don't bother me is being the good, honest, Holy Ghost-filled Christians that we all should be and trying to just put the facade up and say, it didn't bother me when in reality it did. And that is more dangerous than the mitten it bothered you. Because you allow that thing to submerge deep within only to fester up. And if you push it down, it'll fester up and push it down. You know what happens? Years goes on. And that's where root of bitternesses and grudges can form. Amen. One of the contributors, one of the contributors, and I'm being mindful of your time. I got my eye on, you can't look back and look at the clock, so you look at the flowers, but not the clock. One of the contributors to offense is selfishness because it reigns in our society. Men and women, society look out for themselves too many times the neglect and the hurt of other people around them. It shouldn't be a surprise to us. Again, the Bible is very clear that it says in the last day, men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of themselves. So to believe that we are the only ones that have ever been wronged, again, it can set us up for a root of bitterness to take hold. And so then we understand since everyone, common thread here, since everyone will be offended at some time, again, we got to decide what are we going to do with this. You know, it's kind of like Jesus in the scripture when he said, you know, if the master of the house had knew that the thief was going to come at midnight or at night, he would have made his house ready because he knew what was coming. But since he didn't, he can be taken, you know, advantage of or by surprise. Well, here's the scenario. We're all going to offend and be offended. And so with that knowledge, we need to take the proper mode of precaution or whatever we must do to set ourselves mentally, heart heart matter in such a way that whenever it comes, we can deal with it better than if it were a surprise to us. But you know what? Oftentimes we do, and the reason why I'm trying to get back through this, we still are surprised. I can't believe. We still, it's part of humanity. I cannot believe that they, you know, got mud on my car now that's funny to some of us but that's serious business to some people I'm serious I can't believe they knocked on the door and we were in the middle of dinner seriously uh, I'd probably take issue with that myself I can't stand for people showing up without giving a phone call first now that's me now you know my expectation <laughs> everybody get out your pen and pencil write that down alright <laughs> so I can be aggravated because now you know my expectation no. but we got to start what we going to do with this offense uh, a pastor friend of mine several several it's probably maybe even been a year ago now uh, he illustrated this so well uh, concerning this Exodus 3 and, and I won't hold you much longer but I'll close with this Exodus 3 and verse 21 the Bible says and this is the children of Israel coming out of Egyptian bondage he says I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians and it shall come to pass that when ye go ye shall not go empty but every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and of her that sojourneth in her house jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment and ye shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters, and ye shall spoil the Egyptians. So the Lord's saying, you've all been in bondage? Some of you, you've been born in bondage, you haven't known anything else. 400, 430 years has expired. He said, but I'm going to bring you out of that, but whenever you come out of that horrible circumstance, don't come out in bondage. But mark well that whatever you take out of that, you're going to place it on your children. So whenever you come out of there, don't come out with just some straw. Don't don't come out with, with just the mud and the brick that you were always in day in and day out. He says, get you some silver. Get you some gold. Get you some precious things Because whatever you bring out of that, you're going to place it upon your children. So what I'm telling us this evening is this. we got to make sure we get our hands on some precious things because I don't want to cloak my children or mantle them with an offense that they never sustain. Listen, there are generations of kids that matured to adulthood that have bitterness and resentment toward people involved in situations and circumstances that they weren't even alive for. They got ill feelings toward people that were involved in circumstances and situations some they were not even old enough to understand. But moms and dads came out of that perhaps a horrific thing And rather than pulling something precious out of what was negative and putting that on their children, they pulled the negative. They just carried that offense and they cloaked their children and didn't even have an understanding of it when it happened. Maybe not even born when it was happened. And they just give them an inheritance of an offense that happened in their day. How in the world does that happen, Pastor? Because... If we don't watch ourselves, we can live with unresolved offenses for years. And unbeknownst to us, we have children then. We place upon them the undue burden of our past offenses on our innocent children. And they have a skewed perspective from the go. Not because they were aware of it. Not because they were a part of it. But because rather than bringing something good out of Egypt, someone brought the negativity. But whatever you bring out of those things, your offenses... You're going to cloak your children with You'll stand with me today. So there are children that's dealing, it's unbelievable, they're harboring feelings as an inheritance from their predecessors. There, there's children that, that's set and in pews. that's dealing with feelings, bitterness and resentment, but they weren't even alive when that injunction really took place. But they've been cloaked with something been cloaked with something they've been handed down something so it's vitally important here over the next several weeks and I don't know how many weeks I'll tell you this I thought the what I I gathered originally was uh, going to be good for tonight and ended up already being two lessons so we could be here for a while but again we better look introspective I want you to ladies and gentlemen uh, to, to write some of those names down that I wrote down in my office it wasn't a pleasurable thing to do that brother Fred it wasn't a pleasurable thing to do that, Brother Mason. But I did that because I want to take that to God in prayer. And I want to say, God, dig in me. Dig around me. Anytime this name is mentioned, I don't want all the negativity just to come and me just to get a little, you know, uneasiness in my spirit all over again because of what had happened. I want to be able to get beyond that. I, I, don't, I, don't, want, I don't want there to always be some type of negative tone with all that. Yeah, there may have been the opportunity for offense, but evidently I picked it up. And you know what? It happens to everybody. So I'm not just like a solo flight here all by myself. Amen. Amen, Brother Mason. If you'll come, if we bow our heads. In Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, with the username facmc. Again, that's facmc.